0: Jesus said, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. There once was a woman who had been away from the church for many, many years, almost since her youth. One day, her aging father passed away from this life to the next. And as part of her own grieving process, she found herself coming back to church. She was searching for solace, for comfort, for peace, for meaning. She started attending Saturday evening services in the little chapel at St. Michael's by the sea. And one evening as the altar was being prepared for Holy Communion and the offering plate was being passed around the congregation, the woman reached down into her purse and she placed into the plate her grocery list for the week. She shared this story with me as just one example of how her grief was affecting her ability to concentrate. But there's more to the story. So she puts her grocery list into the offering plate, and our Saturday evening usher extraordinaire, Doris Yates, many of you I'm sure know Doris, politely points out to the woman that she has put her grocery list in the plate. And by the way, as she was sharing this with me, I thought that would be a great ministry, wouldn't it? If you could put your grocery list in the offering plate, And then later that day, Father Kraft showed up at your door? Like with a bunch of bags from Trader Joe's? Anyway, as you might imagine, this woman is really flustered at this point and and becoming embarrassed uh, as the usher's standing there with the plate and she's fumbling around in her purse. But in that moment, she feels a hand on her shoulder from the pew behind her. And the voice of a woman says, honey, we don't want your money. We just want you to keep coming back. And as you might imagine, that gentle touch and those comforting words were a transformative, grace-filled moment for this woman who was both grieving the loss of her father and trying to understand where is God in all of my pain." And I don't know who it was that said these words to her, but I do know that those words were inspired because they cut right to the heart of the truth about Christian stewardship. The truth that God does not want our money. He certainly doesn't need our money. What could the creator of the heavens and the earth possibly want with our currency? God does not want our money. He wants us. That's what he cares about. He wants to be in relationship with us because he loves us. And everything that we do is a response to God's initiative. All that we do and say and give stems from our responding to God. We love him because he first loves us, as St. John writes. And it doesn't matter how much money we put in the plate or don't put in the plate. If we have not offered ourselves to God in love, then we are missing the greater point. It is as St. Paul writes in that famous passage to the Corinthians, he says, If I give away all my possessions to the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. God does not want our money. He wants us. And in today's gospel, Jesus underscores this important teaching. For just a brief bit of context for today's passage, if you read the prior chapters, Jesus has been pounding away on the Pharisees, intellectually of course, with punchlines like, tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you do, and the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. So the Pharisees uh, have their pride a bit wounded And so they prepare a counterattack against our Lord. And they begin by trying to butter him up. Did you notice that at the beginning of the gospel? They come up to Jesus and say, We know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. I imagine Jesus just rolling his eyes like, Okay, go on. And then they try to trap him with the question, Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? It's a simple question and they think, uh, a sure bet that they'll trap him. They know that if Jesus says, yes, it's okay to pay taxes, he will turn the Jewish people against him. And if he says, no, it's not okay to pay taxes, he would be charged with treason by the Romans. But the trap is no match for our Lord's wisdom. You hypocrites, he says, show me the money. They produce one of the coins. Whose image is this on the coin? Caesars, they reply, and Jesus famously responds, well then, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. The sermon within the sermon today is that Jesus demonstrates that it is not contrary, for, it is not contrary to God's will for Christians to be good citizens in the world, for us to play our part in the affairs of the state. When the laws of the state are not in conflict with the laws of God, we have a responsibility to them. And you'll notice that Jesus doesn't go into much detail on this point, but rather he lays down this principle which we are called on to apply. It is left for each individual Christian to discern how to apply this truth in our own given day, for us to participate in the laws of the land. As far as the Pharisees are concerned, this is a question about taxes, and they're trying to trap Jesus. Jesus not only responds to their inquiry, but he sees it and raises them, as he often does. He goes on to teach a far greater principle in the second half of his response when he says, give to God the things that are God's. I think this second half is easy to miss when we read uh, this particular passage. Because the theme is on the taxes, it's just sort of at the end. It's easy to just read right past it. Give to God the things that are God's. What does our Lord mean? Well, we can begin with the question, what is God's? Or perhaps it's easier to ask it this way. What isn't God's? Nothing, of course. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, as the creed we say in the creed, of all that is seen and unseen. As King David proclaimed, all things come of thee, O Lord. There is nothing that exists that has not come from God, including us. The gold coin that the Pharisees held bears the image of Caesar, but our humanity bears the very image of God. One of the early church fathers writes, the image of God is not depicted on gold, but it is imaged in us, in humanity. The coin of Caesar is gold, that of God, humanity. Caesar is seen in his currency. God, however, is known through human beings. So when Jesus says give to God the things that are God's, it is in truth a reference to us, to our calling to give our whole selves, our souls and bodies to God. And as he often does, our Lord not only teaches this lesson, but in a deep and mysterious way, he also demonstrates it for us in his own actions perfectly fulfilling this charge on the cross. It is on the cross that our Lord offers himself fully and perfectly to God the Father out of love for the Father and for the whole world, giving to God the things of God. And this is our true calling. It is not to put money in the plate. The only reason I can keep saying that actually today is because the senior warden is in Europe, uh, just kidding. Our true calling is not to put money in the plate, or to serve in a church ministry, or even to read our Bible and say our prayers. All of these spiritual disciplines are means to the end of our true calling, which is to give to God the things that are God's. To give God our whole selves, our souls and bodies. This is the why of why we practice these spiritual disciplines. This is why we offer to God the first fruits of our labor and put the money in the plate, recognizing that all that we have has come from him. And so we give a portion back to him out of love and thanksgiving. It's why we serve in ministry or spend time in Holy Scripture or saying our prayers. These are all ways of offering back to God portions of the life that he has given us, of our gifts, of our time. God does not need our money. He does not need our ministry. He does not need our prayers. The need to give and to glorify is our need. These are the means by which we offer to God the things that are God's. These are the means by which we respond to his love for us, By offering ourselves to him in love and thanksgiving for the blessings of life and salvation he has given to us. I think that the spousal analogy is instructive here. If we give to our spouse out of obligation or coercion or God forbid fear. Well then we have some room to grow in our relationship, right? The picture of the healthy and loving spousal relationship is the lover giving of him or her whole self, soul and body, freely and fully to their beloved. Let us proceed then with haste to the altar of God for this great thanksgiving, and out of deep and abiding love for God, render to God the things that are his. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.